Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Katafima with Believe in Angels on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? We've got a pretty crowded show today. Uh, we'll be talking to Jeff Joyner a little bit later about the future of the Angels. Uh, currently, um, it's going to break down like this. It's going to go... Look, I'll, I'll be frank. Okay, I, I was going to kind of bounce around it, but I'll be frank. Uh, it's been bad. Uh, it's been real bad uh, over the past couple weeks uh, with this team. Uh, the last time that I was doing this podcast, I was talking with Adam Riggs. And uh, at this time, the Angels were about ready to get ready for their series in Cincinnati. Um, a series that they did drop, by the way. Um, looking at their schedule, you know, at the time before I jumped onto this podcast, um, the Angels were looking pretty good at a potential wild card bid, a very un, <clears throat> unplanned wild card bid. And what ended up happening was uh, the Angels played very well, a lot higher than the expectations were probably initially put on them. They had a great stretch from July 12th till July 24th. They had only lost three games in that span, in that uh, week and a half span. Swept the Mariners, split the series with the Strohs, uh, beat the, the Mariners again, and then swept the Dodgers. And then this is where they were at, at this time. They were in a point, in a place. And I mentioned this last time, and I will really try hard not to harbor it uh, too much. But the Angels were at a point where if they had just beaten Baltimore, they were coming up on a series, Baltimore and then Detroit. Two teams, might I add, that are still currently at the bottom of their divisions. The AL East, the Orioles are 39 and 80, and the AL Central, the Tigers are 35 and 80. So both very, very bad game, bad teams, very, very winnable games. That didn't happen. Uh, the Angels dropped the first three games to Baltimore and finally got a victory thanks to a walk-off home run by Matt Theus. Papa bless. And then they had entering into another series against Detroit. This was, okay, hey, maybe we can just bounce back here. We're, we're not too many four games away. We can maybe bounce back here and play well. They won one game against Detroit. I was at the game on July 29th. I watched um, the Angels give up several runs early, uh, a first-inning home run by Miguel Cabrera. I was there. I watched it. I watched it all happen, and it was uh, it was not fun to watch. Um, I don't like going to baseball games and driving out to Los Angeles and or Anaheim, I should be more specific, uh, and watching the Angels lose. Um, but I did, and uh, thankfully the night after they did get the victory against Detroit. But here's my thing, and, and I again, I mentioned it last time, and I'm going to mention it again here, is that, um, you know, you had a, an opportunity, four games, you could have beat Baltimore. You could have went 3-1, worst case with Baltimore, and you go 3-1, maybe even you split the series against Baltimore and you go 2-2. Then you've got Detroit, a team that's very bad, and you could have, you could sweep them, you could go 2-1, obviously. Um, this was your chance to gain ground in the wild card and, and continue to exceed expectations. Like I said, I don't think a lot of people thought the Angels were going to contend that much this season. I know I didn't. Um, they have a very young pitching staff, a very used pitching staff, of course. A combination of tragedy and injury have really kind of harbored the Angels pitching, the Angels starting pitching staff, and has became, <clears throat> excuse me, and has made their bullpen extremely, extremely viable. 
and, and in, in a in the worst way, making their and viable is probably the wrong word, but it's all right. Making their bullpen work harder than any bullpen needs to work. You don't need to have guys who are cardioed up or or have the stamina to throw about three innings and you're forcing them to throw four or five. I know that we've seen guys go long before. I mean, there have been multiple times where a closer has had to go two innings or even three. I mean, Aroldis Chapman did it in the World Series. Kenley Jansen does it all the time in Los Angeles when they can't, when Clayton Kershaw can't figure it out in the playoffs. You know, it's it's fine. You can use your bullpen to that extent. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm not frustrated at the fact that they're using guys who, you know, they're using guys in different ways or using guys more than expected. It's just... <clears throat> When you're starting, when you you go into the the trade deadline, and you get dropped by Baltimore, and now your entire game plan has changed. The Angels were at one point looking at maybe getting Matthew Boyd. I had a few friends. I mentioned this last time. I had a few friends who were really confident that Noah Syndergaard was going to be in an Angels jersey. I didn't think that was going to happen. He's, he would have cost way too much. Um, but now you're in. You're at that point. You're in a position of like, okay, well, we're officially out of the wild card race. We're not. From this, from this point on, it's going to be tough. We had a series against Cleveland that we got swept. We had a series against uh, Cincinnati that also got swept. We had a series against Boston, which we split, which was really nice. It was nice to split a series against a team like Boston. But when you go against Baltimore and you lose three out of the four games, winnable games, these games aren't won by many, many runs. The first game went into extra innings. Okay, it was 16 innings. The game ended 10 to 8, whatever. The second game, 9 to 3. The next game, 8 to 7. The last game, 5 to 4. Three of the four games are decided by two or less runs outside of the second game. That's a problem when you're playing against Baltimore. It should have been a 9 3 victory for the Angels. It should have been an 8 2 victory for the Angels. And it should have been a victory in extra innings. Or it shouldn't even have gone to extra innings. But that's the problem is when you're starting pitching staff, can't go deep in games, can't successfully pitch well because you've brought guys up too early or you've uh, just overpitched them. And then you have to rely on your bullpen. Your bullpen has been throwing too many innings. Well, here you go. And, of course, the offense took a dip. Uh, in Cleveland, they took a dip. They only scored a max of three runs that entire series. Got a little bit better in Cincinnati when they scored four um, and it's, it's tough. It was a tough stretch where you sweep the Dodgers, you know, it's exciting. You're, you're looking to gain ground on the wild card. The Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball. Um, I'll admit it. It's, it's outside fandom aside. It's, it's fact. Um, and you sweep the Dodgers and then you come back home and you've got an opportunity to beat, to get winnable games, to, to beat winnable teams, to beat beatable teams, I should say. Not winnable teams. To beat beatable teams like Baltimore, like Detroit, like Cincinnati. Okay, I know you're going to struggle against Cleveland. I know you're going to struggle against Boston. I know you're going to struggle against Pittsburgh, which they're currently playing uh, in a series as of time of recording. They're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. Uh, and then they'll have a series against Chicago and Texas. And, you know, <clears throat> had they had the Angels won that Baltimore series and had they won the Detroit series, that's potentially four or five more games that the angels have. And I know that, you know, I'd also have to look at, okay, what did the athletics do over that span? What have the Rangers done over that span? What have, you know, there's a few teams ahead of the angels. I'm very aware, but now you've kind of put yourself into the 60 win category and a little bit over 60 wins. 
And now it's a completely different series. It's a completely different ball game there for your wild card standings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to watch this team just kind of crumble. And I know that it's been, I know that it's been a, a lot of things that they can't control. You can't control injuries. You can't con- control tragedy, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's just tough to watch. I mean, honestly, it's, it's very frustrating. You have a, a very, uh, a season in which you do a lot better than everybody thought you were going to do. And, you know, you, you get to a point and some things happen and you can't prepare for it you're, or you're not prepared for it. Um, but anyway, uh, so the last time I recorded, uh, Cincinnati was the series. Uh, the Angels did lose that series to continue the losing streak, which went from six seven to eight and then went to nine and 10 after losing to Boston, after getting shut out by Boston three to nothing and then losing to Boston again, 16 to four, but stronger heads prevail. The angels did split the series with Boston, which is great. Um, Boston is not as good as a team as they were last season, still in the wild card hunt for the most part. Um, not probably not going to make the playoffs this wor- this season. So the defending World Series champs are probably not going to be in the playoffs and or World Series for the coming future. But um, to win, to beat a team like Boston is nice. Unfortunately, uh, literally the night after, 10-2 loss against Pittsburgh. And of course, you can kind of figure out when I'm recording this, this show. But uh, the other next game against Pittsburgh coming up. It'll be Canning and Williams on the mound uh, for the Angels and Pirates, respectively. But right now, we're kind of shifting more into uh, into next season. We, we've we've gone past. I'm I'm. This is the last time I'm going to talk about the Baltimore and Detroit series at at length. I'll obviously mention it, but um, but I will. Um, I it's it's time to start looking forward. It's time to start figuring out. Okay, where is this team going forward? And uh, I'm going to get an opportunity here in a little bit to, to talk to Jeff Joyner of angelsheaven.com. Great blog site if you ever want to check it out. A lot of information. Great writers on there. Um, it's ran by SB Nation, so it's, it's got, a great, um, I've got a great back behind it, but it's a it's blog. And I um, want to get a chance to talk with Jeff, and I will hear in a little bit um, about the future of the Angels. And like I said, that Baltimore series is definitely a turning point, and I'll make sure to ask him about that. Uh, and then we get the opportunity to give him a call and, uh, you know, like it's, it's, you just got to hope, you just got to really hope that, uh, uh, that this team can really bounce back. They'll lose some, some heavy contracts soon, which is great. Um, so they can start making some signings potentially, um, got a lot of promise in the minor league system right now, which is looking up and that's great. I think David Fletcher is having a great season. Um, definitely need to keep him as much as possible. Matt Theus is looking like the future third baseman. I love that. Um, Mike Trout is Mike Trout. I mean, we're always going to have Mike Trout. I mean, he's not going anywhere. You know, uh, I was a little bit on the bandwagon of, of possibly moving him, but I'm not on that bandwagon anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just now about what's what's working. I think Brad Osmus is doing a little bit better of a job than I thought he was initially going to do. I don't think he's the manager of the future. I still am strongly behind the belief that he is uh, just currently the manager while we wait for Eric Chavez to um, get more experience. And 
I'm going to stick by that because I don't think Brad Ausmus is the future of this organization as the manager, but I will say that he has been doing a great job. Um, and so with that, uh, we'll get a chance to talk to Jeff Joyner here in a little bit, and we'll talk about the future of the Angels. And, I'm joined uh, now by Jeff Joyner of Halo's Heaven. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on and talking some Angels baseball with me. Uh, I love talking Angels baseball. So earlier I was talking a little bit about uh, the season currently, uh, obviously kind of going from more of like the Baltimore series uh, up until now. At least in my opinion, uh, the Baltimore series was kind of like the turning point of the season a little bit in terms of really like, you know, the decisions made at the trade deadline and kind of like where the season, you know, going from being a wild card contender, kind of exceeding expectations and then now kind of dropping a most, if not the rest of the season and now just kind of looking more towards next season. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the Angels season so far as of right now. I mean, as of right now, you're right. The uh, high was after sweeping the Dodgers. You got seven games at home, four versus Baltimore, three versus Detroit. You're thinking, hey, you know, we can go five and two here, put ourselves in position. And, and they went out, they went two and five, and it's been a tailspin. Ever since, um, it really, really has. But, uh, you know, Epler decided to roll with a rotation that is, you know, a bunch of guys with injury risks. Uh, for some reason, he, he went out and got Matt Harvey. You know, uh, there's just not enough arms right now to keep the Angels in contention, no matter how many home runs Mike Trout gets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're a real big Mike Trout fan, and as am I. I mean, he's the best baseball player in the MLB, at least in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure we may share a similar similar thought process on that one, at least. Um, yeah, he's not only the best player in Major League Baseball. I'm 43 years old. He's the best player I've seen, and I will be willing to bet he'll be the best player I ever see. Uh, my son's two years old, and there's a very, very high likelihood he's the best player my son will see. Yeah, uh, and probably exactly. And when eventually, if I ever have kids, I'll definitely be talking to them about Mike Trout. And depending on what time that'll be, uh, they'll probably be either the back end of Mike Trout's career or he'll be retired. But only time will tell, uh, Jeff. But anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, currently, as of recording, we're in a series against Pittsburgh. Uh, got a loss last night uh, against, uh, obviously, the Pirates, 10-2 to loss. Um I wanted to t kind of bring you on to talk a little bit more about, you know, like I said, your thoughts on the season so far and as well as looking more towards next season because we're out of the playoff race right now. There's really – if we're going to make any kind of miraculous comeback, it would have to come with us winning almost every single game going forward and a lot of teams losing a lot of games. So I thought it would be best if maybe we just kind of looked into next season. So uh, we'll start at the top. Who are some guys that you – are, are really looking forward to bringing back next season? Really looking forward to bringing back. Uh, I know David Fletcher's had a rough couple of weeks right now, but uh, his glove, his grind, he, he's the kind of guy that when he's right, he's going to put up two and a half to three war for minimum wage. Uh, Luis Ringifo is getting a really long look right now. I think he is the bench utility guy next year. And, I mean, he would have been better than most of the starting second baseman we've had while waiting for Fletcher to develop. 
Uh, Tommy Lestella, did he have a hot couple of months or is he a legit bat? I mean, that's going to be really interesting to see coming back. But, uh, I mean, Fletcher, Lestella, Simmons, and uh, whoever they need to get first is a, a pretty decent infield. The million-dollar question is when does Joe Adele take over right field? Yep. Personally, I think if I was Epler, I would let Cole Calhoun go much as I've enjoyed watching him as a fan, let Brian Goodwin be the placeholder and spend Calhoun's $12 million on somebody who can pitch the ball <laughs> rather than somebody who hits it over the fence a couple of times. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously right now it's kind of a waiting period to see when Joe Adele is going to come up. Um, and I know at least it's been, you know, he's been slowly moving up now. I, I believe he's in Salt Lake currently. Um, yep, he's in Salt Lake. Been there about two weeks. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to get to a point where I mean, I know, I guess for me personally, uh, I'd love to see Justin Upton gone, but th- th- I guess that's, that may just be me. Um, I really like the no, development. Yeah, it's not just you. Okay. I, I was sitting right, right in line with him with his quote-unquote throw uh, in the first inning last night. Uh, Upton's a guy who's entire value lies with his bat and he's not hitting right now so pretty bad defender mediocre base runner he's got to be hitting the ball and he's just not so who knows maybe the injuries this year he never got on track but uh we're stuck with that contract so we just got to hope that he bounces back we got a couple guys i mean we just mentioned joe adel or adele i'm I'm so bad with names jeff you'll learn this as we go along I'm, i'm terrible with names i have no idea what it is it's just uh, I'm terrible with names. So if I call Joe Adel, Joe Adele a few times, I apologize. Um, but uh, who's looking like a real solid position player for the Angels right now is Matt uh, Theus, who has been playing third base and has been great. Uh, what have been kind of your thoughts on him so far this season? It's been a little bit of a late. He was brought on a little bit later, but I, I think he's been playing fine. Yeah, and it is actually Matt Theus. Uh, okay. Like I said, I'm bad with names. Yeah, the kids swing it's it's a very it's a, it's a very sweet left-handed swing uh the knock on him was that he wasn't hitting for enough power he kind of made an adjustment down in, in the minors last year started hitting for more power i mean it's just tough to bring him up and have him play third base um, when he's only got maybe a month's worth of experience down in the minors but um, I'm glad he's getting a look right now. I mean, this is a lost season, man. This, this, we should be giving guys like Sice a, a month or two to get their feet wet. Ultimately, I, I think you'll get for a decent average, uh, maybe a, a mediocre amount of power. And uh, again, if he can be, you know, a solid top control piece, every one of these young guys is going to have up here saves us more money to go get what we really need, which are arms. Yeah, and speaking of arms, I mean, Dylan Peters is somebody that potentially could be in the starting rotation next season. Obviously, Garrett Canning is somebody who's been throwing well. Uh, uh, Felix Pena as well. Um, I think he's hurt right now. Um, but is there anybody in sort of like, uh, I don't know, maybe some deep minor leaguers that we should be keeping an eye out on that you've you've kind of been watching? Not really as far as the, the starting pitching goes. Uh, Patrick Sandoval was called up last week. Uh, he looks to be a bit of a steal. Uh, that's who Epler got from Houston in exchange for Martin Maldonado uh, two years ago. 
he projects more of a, a back end, you know, a number four, number five type starter. But again, the Angels are just so bereft of, of pitching, you know. If he can go out there and be, you know, a uh, uh, 150, 160 inning, four and a half, you know, ERA kind of guy, that would be extremely valuable to a pitching staff that's started waiver claims, you know, year after year after year. Uh, I mean, just think back to the Deck McGuire's, the Chris Stratton's, et cetera. And if you could just replace those type of innings with, you know, slightly below the average innings for, for you know, 20, 25 games, that would be a, a, a nice boost, you know, at least raise the floor for this team. Yeah, I'm going to have you reach far back in, in your, your mind as much as possible. And if you could, is there a sort of like realistic free agent you'd like to get next season and then kind of a more unrealistic fun free agent to get for next season? Because from what I've seen, I know Zach Cozart is potentially a free agent and also Andrew Till Simmons is also a potential free agent for the Angels. After ne- They're both signed through next year. Okay. So um, I've been saying for the last year plus that, you know, Billy Epler and Artie Moreno should be focused on Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, <laughs> and nobody beyond Garrett Cole this offseason. Um, he's an Orange County kid. He turned out huge signing bonus from the Yankees to go to UCLA. I know that, you know, the money is going to be huge no matter where he goes. The Yankees are going to be involved. The Astros will probably try to keep him. But uh, you get Garrett Cole. You get Shohei Otani back from Tommy John surgery. You get a slightly more developed Griffin Canning. And then now all of a sudden you've got the makings of, of what looks like a, a decent uh, pitching rotation. But, uh, you know, if not Gary Cole, uh, man, uh, Jake Odorizzi should be around. Um, he'll be a lot less expensive than Cole. Um, but, uh you know, it, it's got to be pitching, pitching, and more pitching. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I think an outfield of Goodwin, Trout, and Upton with some low-level free agent is plenty good enough. I think our infield with, you know, Fletcher, Simmons, Lestella, Rick Defoe as the, as the uh, uh, reserve guy is plenty good enough, but, you know, we need arms, and we need them badly, and we need some arms that are top of the rotation arms, not just, you know, waiver claims and dumpster dives. What is your confidence going forward with Andrew Heaney coming back from injury next season? You know, I've met Andrew, and he's a super nice guy, but, <laughs> you know, when a guy gets injured three, four years in a row, I just expect him to get injured again, you know, right. I and mean, that's just... The reality. I mean, at a certain point in time, you you are what you are, and uh, it's frustrating. I know Andrew gets tired of the constant rehab and the grind for coming back, but you know, at a certain point in time, it can't be a surprise to Epler anymore, right? Right. Like he's, he's talking about this year. There was unforeseen circumstances. Really, Matt Harvey was bad for three years in a row. It was really unforeseen that he was going to be bad. Yep. I mean, Kitty's been hurt three, four years in a row. Is it really unforeseen that he's going to get hurt again? You know, yeah. I, I really genuinely wish the best for Ferguson. Again, he's a great, great guy. But, you know, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. You know, at a certain point in time, this is more on Epler than it is on Heaney. 
What's your confidence with Brad Osmus going forward? Brad Osmus, you know, I feel fairly confident with Brad Osmus. He's done some head-scratching things, but he definitely seems to play to win versus just not to lose more than Mike Sosha did. So, uh, you know, I'm fairly confident that he can be the manager of a playoff team. But I'm much more confident in his ability to work with the front office than, than I was with Mike Bush. Okay. Um, I know that uh, Eric Chavez is a name that's been thrown around a little bit, so I was just curious if you uh, – I've got a theory that um, Brad Osmus is the speed bump to Eric Chavez. You know, there is a, a lot of chatter about Chavez ultimately being a manager. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised about that, but, you know – uh, why not just make the move now if that yeah. would ultimately be the case? You know, maybe he is. Maybe he's a, a seat holder for two to three years. But, you know, Osmus checks a lot of boxes. You know, he's a, a former catcher. He's got MLB experience. He's a smart guy. And, you know, all front offices want a, a manager that's going to take their data and implement it to the game plan. And, and in a lot of ways, he seems willing to do so. Uh, yeah, at least for the most part. Now, who holds a bigger piece in your heart, Wally Joyner or Mike Trout? Oh, Wally Joyner. It's <laughs> nothing like your childhood's favorite player, right? That's right. When you're nine years old, your favorite baseball player is not, you know. When, when Trout came along, I was in my, my 30s, and, you know, by then, you know, I, I realized this was a business, and these guys put their pants on one leg at a time like I did. Uh, but yeah, Wally Joyner will always be my favorite angel. And it must be pretty nice that while you don't share the same spelling, you do somewhat share the same last name as Wally Joyner. And that's exactly why I'm an angel fan. When I was <laughs> nine years old and I heard that name on the radio, it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, actually, I was 10 years old. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I grew up out in farming country. People don't realize California has a huge agricultural area in the Central Valley. We listened to baseball on the radio out there, and I heard Wally Joyner. Dang, that's the same last name. Like, no, oh, it's spelled it different. But it says Joyner, and, and that was it. Uh, favorite player, favorite team. Thirty years later. Well, I'm a little envious because the only, the closest player I've ever gotten to my last name, and it's going to be a little bit of a reach, but Frank Catalanano is the closest to my uh, last name that I've ever gotten, and he was not the greatest baseball player. You know, Wally ended up in the Mitchell report, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Well, Jeff, I wanted to thank you very much for coming on and talking some Angels pod, uh, talking some Angels baseball with us on this Angels podcast. Can you please let the people know where they can find you and uh, where they can read your great work? Okay, well, um, however great my work may or may not be, it's at halosheaven.com, H-A-L-O-S, heaven.com. And uh, we have a guy on there that does the best morning links ever, covers everything Angels as well as uh, around baseball. And then I do a lot of player interviews and uh, prospect interviews and, and stuff like that to try to get uh, a little more of a, a personal touch to the pitch. 
Very nice. Uh, Jeff, once again, thank you very, very much. I'm going to wrap things up here real quick. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at intern underscore Phil. Jeff, are you on Twitter? I know that you are on Twitter, but are you active on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, but I'm not very active. Um, I don't even remember my handle. Um, I really just keep it for connecting with prospects and agents and uh, doing the direct uh, messages. But Halo's Heaven is on Twitter, and anything I write will be tweeted out to the Twitter sphere by them. So go follow Halo's Heaven on Twitter. Go check out the website. Go check out Jeff's writing. Jeff, once again, want to thank you very much. And we always end the show hey, as usual. Yes, fantastic. Hopefully we'll get you on soon. Uh, With that, we're going to end it. Go Halos. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.